You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Drew Gasparini here from Now We're Talking with me, Drew Gasparini. And I'm just letting you know that you can now support this podcast by becoming a patron of our show on Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash NWT podcast. And for as little as $5 a month, you can help keep this podcast alive. We have so much fun doing this podcast, but it's so much work from booking our star-studded guest list to the research I do, writing, hosting, recording, editing, holy mother effing crap, the editing, and beyond, this particular podcast is a one-man operation through and through, so $5 a month can really go a long way, not to mention the perks you get by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash nwtpodcast to see how you can support us today. Thanks to our newest patrons, Katie, Elizabeth, Becca, Thomas, and Sheena. We couldn't do it without you. And now what you're all waiting for, the Mada Flippin' Show. Hi there, it's Razzie Award-winning non-actor Drew Gasparini here with another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast whose special skills include burping the alphabet and farting the Pledge of Allegiance. I'll be honest, I truly love today's guest, like truly. We all know her from her hilarious portrayal as Christmas Eve in the original cast of Avenue Q. She's also starred in several Broadway shows including Susical, Les Mis, 9 to 5, Cinderella, and more. On top of being a theater favorite, she's also been seen gracing the screen in TV series such as NBC's Smash, and most recently in the Apple Plus series Schmigadoon, where she played Florence Menlove. You love her, I love her. Buckle up, buttheads, because now we're talking with Anne Harada. We are here with one of my favorite humans, Anne Harada. Hi, Anne. Hello. I'm so excited you're here today, and do forgive, I'm really happy you're not in this room with me right now. Last <laughs> night, I uh, went to a tremendous Greek restaurant in Astoria in Queens. And I didn't know this, but the older I get, the more I realize most foods make me tremendously gassy. And sure. I, for that reason, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're doing this remotely and not in the same room. Me although too. I love, although, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for that. Although <laughs> I do love when we are in the same room together, as rare as that happens, it's always been a joy. Um, I'm just gonna, I mean, like, I think... And I, you can agree or disagree. I think you're a humongous icon in the Broadway community. Ladies and gentlemen, she's giving me the look of, how dare you? Why would you say something like that? But that's the truth. And the people I was talking to leading up to this, I was like, uh, tomorrow I've got this interview with Ann Harada. She's on the podcast. They're like, what? How did you get her? And I'm starting to realize 
you're an easy ask. You're just such an easy ask, Anne. I'm putting it out there. If you guys want Anne to do something, all you have to do is ask, and she might just say fucking yes. Because the way we met was me or Alex Brightman and I together writing you and saying, will you be a part of this reading of uh, or this concert of It's Kind of a Funny Story? It's before we even really had a show written, and you just gave us a big thumbs up and said, yeah, I'll do it. And then I realized we totally underused your talent. And I think you had like one little speaking line and you sang some oohs and ahs. And the whole time I was like, what a waste of Anne Harada this was. Not at all. I mean, not at all. Here's the thing. I mean, people, you're not, you can't always be number one on the call sheet. Do you know what I mean? And that's fine. And I don't I've never been there. So I don't know. Well, me neither. But I'm just saying you can't always be because I know this. Um, and I also, I just feel like what's the point of, you know, doing this stuff if you're not going to work with young writers who have something to say, it's like, I'm not interested in just doing the same old shit over and over again. I know that's hard to believe looking at my resume, but it is true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of your resume, can we talk about Susical for a minute? I would love to. Okay. It is one of my favorite musicals and one of my favorite scores. And, you know, Stephen Flaherty was a mentor of mine when I first moved out here. And like, he was just so open to me asking him questions and uh, trying to get my foot in any sort of door. He was just so tremendous and sweet. And like anybody who's worked with him could probably say the same thing. He's just a teddy bear. But you are quoted as referring to this experience as too much drama for one show. What was the drama? What do you mean when you say that? I know it kind of had an ill-fated future, but it was, you know, it's kind of, I just feel like it. It started out so dreamy, you know, the whole concept of doing a new show by Aaron's and Flaherty, you know, everybody's idols, um, based on the works of Dr. Seuss. And it was just like dreamy. Okay, so we, I was in that first iteration where it was just sort of like we were in a rehearsal room singing yeah. through it and I was like this is wonderful then they were like we're gonna do a workshop in Canada because uh-huh. at that point um live event was involved uh-huh. and it was like okay great so we go to Canada we do this workshop it was all just you know t-shirts and jeans and ladders and very simple and yes. everybody from New York all the producers in the world from New York came to see it and they were like this is a surefire wonderful wonderfulness we right. were like, we are, this is it. We are going to Broadway. We're going to run 20 years. Okay. <laughs> so we go. So we go. And somewhere in the part where we weren't doing stuff, like part on the way to New York, it was like we lost our star, Andrea Martin, yeah, uh, who was the cat in the hat because she wanted to stay in California with her son who was graduating. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And, and she was replaced by David Shiner, uh-huh. a famous mime. Uh-huh. I don't think we have to go any further than this. Okay. So then, <laughs> so now we're in New York with a famous mime as yes. the lead. Um, and surprisingly, we have to change the show because he couldn't do any of the other things. Because he's a mime. Right. Because he's a right. really amazing mime. Yes. But mime does not necessarily include sing, dance, or talk. Can I ask a question right there? Who sure. was like, you know, here's a great replacement for Andrea Martin. Who and I they said, still to this I day have it. no idea 
who was in charge of that decision. That is no the idea. most crazy flip of events right. of just and like, I, I like, know some guy who no one's ever heard sing or even speak. He'd be a great cat in the hat. Well, you know, obviously he's a brilliant mind. Yeah, but, but, like, but you know, <laughs> this is a it's musical like, though. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean the two things like overlap in a Venn diagram. I'm like, yeah, what? No, no. So that's like someone saying he's a really good chef. I right. think he'd be great as the Amazing. cabinet. He'd be so great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you're just like, what? So we, you know, so like we get in the room and we start trying to, you know, put the show together. And yes. it becomes really apparent. Like, he can't do stuff. He can't yeah. do a bunch of the stuff. So okay. then they're like rewriting songs madly to try to figure this out or come up with stuff that's better on him. You know what I mean? Which is right, fine. Yeah, that's absolutely. a normal part of the sure, process for sure. anybody. You custom the show to the stars you, to the, sometimes. Correct. Yes. And and we were just like, wow, wow. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so the show that we ended up with, and I know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is the show we ended up with in New York was not at all the show we had done in Canada. But like that's 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 making my heart break because when you're a part of the experience and you get all the feedback from the producers and you're like, wow, this, you know, you're having the thoughts and who doesn't in the first workshop where you're like, right. this is going to run for 20 years. Oh, my God. We're all set with jobs forever, right, forever. And then what a flip around. We got to make this show work for a mime. The other thing that is so funny is like, how can you go from like, okay, we can't get this star to play the cat right. in the hat. But you know what? To ensure ticket sales, let's get that mime that some people know. Like, right. I'm sure he's a famous mime, but even if you're the most famous mime, how well known are you? <laughs> like, exactly. that is niche. <laughs> That's so niche. I mean, wow. you'd have to be Marcel Marceau. Exactly. And and the only other mime I could think of. Yeah. Right. I mean, and even then. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at that point he was way dead. And so, yes. I, I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, it was just not, it was just like a bunch of really weird, bad decisions, like all sure. kind of lumping onto themselves and in Boston yeah. we, had a, we had a famously bad kind of tryout experience where you know that was when the chat boards were like really a thing <laughs> yeah they probably I mean like this is probably when chat boards were like the thing you know nothing because nobody else had any there was no other way to get like in-person information on stuff right right it's not like now where everybody's got a phone and you know whatever so um yeah, so the word back from the chat boards was like, this show is a disaster. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they changed, they fired like a bunch of the creatives right at like zero hour. Like during the oh. dress parade, the customer was fired. Oh dress my parade. God. Oh my God. That's like yeah. going to like the Indy 500 and being like, whoever's <laughs> driving that car, he's fired. Like the guy in the seat is fired. Right, exactly. It was Crazy. so bizarre because it was sort of like, why are you fired? She executed all the costumes like she said she was going to. That drawing right. looks just like my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, But it yeah, was just yeah, because totally. they just didn't kind of know what it was. And yeah. when they saw it, they were like, oh, this isn't what we want at all. So it really wasn't her fault, but it was right. just the... You know, the producers going like, no, I don't like it. So then they hire right. new people. Right. You know, which was all fine. But that kind of chaos 
doesn't help you. You've worked with many mm. producers. I've worked with a good number of producers as well. And sure. something I have found that is not a, I wouldn't say a common denominator between every single one of them, but there is a good chunk of them who fall under this category of the least creative people making all these creative decisions. Is that something that sounds like it kind of happened in this moment here with Suzical? You know, I don't... Without mean, shit-talking anyone in particular. No, here's the thing. And- I mean, like, here's something, because I don't really know who was in charge of these decisions. I honestly right. don't. Like, right. I can make big assumptions. Sure. <laughs> kind of, like, based sure. on the people involved. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, ne- I don't really know, because I was so far down on the food chain, I wasn't privy to any of this information. But right. I just sort of feel... It isn't that so much. I just sort of feel like... What I tend to forget sometimes, and even though I know a lot of producers and am friendly with a lot of producers, yeah, what you kind of have to remember is as an actor, producers are your natural enemies. Yes. It's sort of like in the wild, yeah. <laughs> there are predators <laughs> and prey. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And if you're one of those little you know, bunny rabbits, you probably shouldn't make friends with the falcon just yeah. because... Right. People's the innate nature of who we are is going to come out at some point. Right, right. Even if you're like you know very close and we're friendly and we all you know, and like at some point when they stab you, you have to be like I should have realized this might happen because yeah, that is the I nature. saw your talons miles right. ago. Miles here, ago. Yeah, I know yeah. we know who we are. <laughs> like that's sort of what it is, and so you're like, and so I. It's like I like them. I I feel. I mean, I feel like I am friendly with some of my producers, but I don't sure. know that I that I would ever be like, let's trust them one hundred percent. Would you say you'd call any of them up and be like, hey, what are you doing? Let's get dinner. Are they that? Do they ever evolve into that kind of friend for you? Maybe way after the fact. Way <laughs> once once the blood is dry. Once the once the show is done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or like if we're yeah. not working, if we're not working together at the time, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But if absolutely. we're in a thing at the same time, never, never. It's such a shame. I mean, with that show in particular, it's such a shame just because like when you get the talent like you and you get the talent like uh, Aaron's and Flaherty, it's just like what a what a waste because it could have gone so, so, so big. You know, it could have gone so well. You know and- that show. Like, that's the thing. The shit's the score is perfect there's nothing wrong i still with sing a person's a person no matter, no matter how, how small. small oh it like melts me to death and by the way Anne just took a big sip of whiskey i don't know if anybody it's uh, iced tea in a bottle because that's how i roll that's how Sorry. you roll she rolls hard yeah. uh you've been on vacation <laughs> recently right no Is that true? i have not been on vacation i'm in i'm oh, on vacation right now Right now, oh my God, you're doing this with me right now, and you're on vacation. Slap on the wrist, Drew. Come on. No, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been working. I, I was just in Atlanta shooting a movie. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, the music director of Karate Kid. Andy yes, Resnick, I know. He, he told me his girlfriend was just hanging out with you in Atlanta. That's How was right. It, going? We, it was great. We had a super good time. Awesome. I love Atlanta that girl, place Anna. She's so great. Yeah, Anna. Was, Anna Cruz Kane. That's her name. Anna yes. Cruz Kane. Yeah, remember that oh, name. Awesome. She's fantastic. I will remember that name, and I'm kind of in bed with her boyfriend, so it's it's hard That's to. That's what I heard. 
which yeah, is exciting. Yeah, he's a great guy. It's really exciting. And you know what? There's the same kind of stress I have. I don't know if you had this going into like Suzical. And then we're going to talk about Avenue Q for a minute because like the experience is just so wildly different because Suzical is yeah. based <laughs> off Suzical's based off these properties that that are beloved and exist in the world. And, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss, what an insane canon of amazing material. And then with where I am at with uh, Anna's boyfriend, Andrew Resnick, this amazing uh, music director, the Karate Kid, we are working so hard to make sure that this it does run for 20, 20 years or whatever, because the whole world wants it to not, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is because you're, you didn't have, you didn't, you, you had message boards going on and we have like the entire Twitter verse against us being like, no one wants another revival. No one wants this to happen. There is so much of that coming our direction. It's not Did a revival. F- it's a music. It's an original okay, musical. An, adap- an, an adap- adaptation is what I meant to say. We don't Based want another on a beloved uh, movie. That's a drag yes. for you yes. because, because that means you have to put all that shit in from the beloved movie that you think yes. people will be mad if it's not there, even if it gets in the right. way of the storytelling. I know. It's a drag. Ga, ga, you know, ga, it's, ga. it's hard to write the wax on, wax off number. You know of what I course. mean? Yeah. And yet, that's, you know it has to be there. It's got to be there. We can't just omit like the most quotable line. Yeah. It's like, it's over. It's like, they've got to have a song about it. God help them. You know what I mean? God help us all. Uh, So when you go from experience, which I'm excited to have, you know, and I love this process with Karate Kid just because we have a really kick-ass team and I think we do have something quite special and unique, but I'm excited to bounce to something else after this that is a little less pressured because the material is familiar to everybody else. And you had that privilege going into Avenue Q, which is when you look at what Bobby Lopez's career has become <laughs> after Avenue Q with the Frozen and all World the World domination, stuff, which is, is which insane. Is perfect. Good. Good. Yes. And yeah, it all started I, with nasty puppets. And that's, that's what right. I love about the story. Um, it was one of my favorite, to this day, it's probably still like top five favorite musicals of all time because it's like the first time I think I peed in my pants laughing while in a theater. That's that's a first. It happened. Um, do you think a show like Avenue Q could still be f- like if it was written new, not if it was just, you know, or, or going to new world stages or getting revived here and there? Do you think if it was written new for today's audience, it would have the same holy shit effect that it had back in 2003 when this came out. It's hard to say because it was so fresh then. Like nothing had ever been seen like that before. There were so many parts of it that were so like revolutionary. Like what? Puppets? What? Yeah. You know, like (laughs) social commentary? What? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Now maybe people are a little more, you know, like this is sort of like part of the world now, but it wasn't then. Right. I mean, yes, I do think that if it was updated, it yeah. would have it would have just the same sort of emotional impact because even as it is and people giving me a hard time because of all of the politically incorrect things about it and yeah. you know things that like trigger people now sure. the, now the whole premise of it is universal. It's never going to change. There's always going right. to be young people graduating from college and trying to figure out who they are in the world yes, and figuring out how to make friends and survive in a big city or wherever, or just like how to grow up. Basically that musical is about how to grow up and how to 
you know, find yourself. And so that's never going to change. It's always going to be resonant, yeah. you know? So I, of course, I think Avenue Q is timeless for a lot of these reasons. Yes. Now, like any other show or any <laughs> other piece of art, you have to look at things in the context of the time they were written and why yes. they were written that yes. way. Yes, I, I agree. I'm a big I do not want shows to get canceled because they are problematic or because there are lines that are problematic or, you know, whatever. To me, it's like, yes, I can see how it would be hard to watch a production of Showboat, but it doesn't mean I never want to see another production of Showboat. I just want people to understand there are historical contexts and, you know, and it's like an at the time showboat was a revolutionary you know i mean you're just like you sit there and you just go like ugh yes you do you go ugh that's what i do all the time i can't like i can't you know like i can't have this discussion i can't have this discussion about like how inappropriate shit is now it's like well yeah it was written 70 years ago or whatever it was no that's right exactly like you just have to kind of like realize the things are written in the time period they're written in and none of those people thought this work of art has to last forever. Right. They all were like, we want this show to run. That's right. all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that like, it's a patience thing? Like there's a, like, sometimes I feel like there's so much instant gratification that a younger audience or like I call them the TikTok generation because that's yeah. like where I kind of fall off and I don't understand whatever's happening. I don't understand it at all. So yeah. Look, it, it I can't get through me. Instagram. So don't look at me. Okay. <laughs> but they're because they have so many like likes and follows and they're, they're getting validated and they feel like every, every thought they have needs to be validated as well. And I'm sure I've been guilty of this uh, in the recent past, but it just seems like they're expecting like showboat's a great example Okay, but it's a problem now. So can we just delete it from history? And it's like if you saw though the steps that that show took in the right direction for the time it was right. written, you'd understand the significance of this. And the same thing kind of goes for Avenue Q. When you look at a character like Christmas Eve, there are people. There are people who I'm sure you you've heard or or have seen people be like this. This character needs to not exist because it's offensive to Asian Americans and things. And I could totally see where that narrative comes from but if you take that character out or if you redo the show the way it was when it was written the entire heart is kind of reshaped the the i the idea behind the show is a little reshaped and it is supposed to be commentary on everybody not one specific person and it really is that and then it ends with that beautiful little mantra of you know for now that's that's a perfect way to look at it is this is only for now you know, right. and then after this, is, we're going to keep progressing. We're going to keep going in the right direction. This is all just for now. Anyway, all this is to say is you were so kick-ass this Christmas Eve. And I think that yeah. in terms of where your placement is on the food chain, was it right after that show? Did you feel you got a little clicks higher up on that oh, food chain? after that show, I never had to explain who I was to anybody again. What a that great feeling. That was what it was. Like, after that, I'd go into a casting room and they go, oh, she was the girl from Avenue Q. Whether they liked it or not, whether they saw it or right. not, it was right. all of a sudden it validated me enough to get into some different rooms. And that's yeah. really the whole struggle, man, is to get into the rooms. That, that is a huge struggle. That's, I was just listening to this uh, interview with Matt Damon talking about 
Goodwill Hunting. And the reason that that show is probably still so, you know, a beloved is because it's just about somebody who wants to be seen. And that's exactly like the most human thing. And as an artist, we can all really click to that idea of, yeah, we're just trying to be seen because for some reason we think what we do is really important. (laughs) We just want to be seen so we don't have to explain ourselves so we can be taken for who we are and what we do. And I just kind of love that about that uh, part of your story after Avenue Q. No, you should have just gone straight offer only. How come it didn't go exactly that way? Um, I would say that I am somewhat offer only these days. Yes. That's not pretty good. Not all. God knows. Not all because I still make more shitty self-tapes than anybody on the planet. But <laughs> somewhat offer only. And I'll take it. I'm so happy when somebody just calls and drops an offer at my door. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. No matter what it is, you're like, <laughs> I'll just take it. It's great. Yeah. Wow, you're playing like it, king of the skinheads, and uh, we want you yeah, to play this part. You're like, awesome. yeah, what's, what's the Where pay? Where do I yeah. have to be? <laughs> Where do I have to be? Canada. They're all they're all filming in Canada. Well, yeah, um, and, you know, filming in Canada is awesome because they have yeah. actually figured out their COVID system really I know, well. God. God help um, us out here. And when we shot Schmigadoon, I felt 100% safe all the time. Was that be- right? Like that was during the height of. Insanity. Oh yeah, it was it totally yeah. like yeah. It was it was like September through November of yeah last year. That show, uh, I just watched it. My girlfriend and I just watched it, just like every other theater fan in the entire world, and just loved the homage to old musical theater and like the, the just kind of making fun of what it was a little bit, like making fun of itself as like, yes, this is what happens in musicals and you and Aaron Tveit and all these, it was just so, so great. Uh, was playing the wife of a gay mayor always a dream for you? <laughs> I, I, I can honestly say I've been practicing for that probably since high school. Uh-huh, yeah. Because um, that's yeah. when I had a gay boyfriend, you know. Had you, had you worked with Alan Cumming? By the way, no. it surprises me. I, I hope you take this as, as a compliment, but it surprises me 0% that you had a gay boyfriend in high school. Oh, no. Who didn't? <laughs> I mean, that's why, you know, when Cecily keeps interrupting me during my song, she's like, that was yes. me in high school. I was like, oh, man, that is so, you know what I mean? I so feel yes. that. Yes. Um, who I adore and is still a friend of mine. You know what I mean? Of course. But uh, How great. Yes. Um, you know, Alan, no, I've never worked with Alan before, but of course we all know each other because theater is so tiny. You're going to meet It's the best part of this whole business. It feels when you're walking around Times Square, you feel like you're in the cafeteria at high school because you're like running into groups of people that you've like kind of, you know, like, I think we're in the same English class. (laughs) That's what it feels like sometimes. Well, it's like, you know, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, I've met him at like a, a two, you know, a million benefits or a party at somebody. And, but like, you know, we never work together. And, and that was true uh, of a lot of the people, but Chenoweth um, as well. I'm assuming. Well, Chenoweth and I had done a uh, audio book together for Seth Rudetsky, but literally oh that was God. like the only time we'd ever hung out before. Seth Rudetsky, who was your gay boyfriend in high school, right? No, That's I wish. Oh like, my <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> oh, can you imagine having somebody who played piano that well as a gay boyfriend in high school? That you would know, have been amazing. Something I've I've wanted to be recognized by Seth Rudetsky like my whole career. It is the weird, desperate thing. So if you can put in a good word for me, because I don't think he's aware of who I am, but he knows a oh. lot of my contemporaries. And I'm I sure just he's want him to... aware. You don't think so? You think he's got the thumb on the pulse? 
You know what? <laughs> if he, they're still doing stars in the house when Karate Kid comes out, baby, you are all over it. <laughs> From your mouth. I love it. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Can we talk about Shemega Dune just for a minute? In just Please. terms of, like, when that when that gig came your way, which, like, was that, like, the dream of dreams? Being like, okay, totally. this is a, a miniseries for a streaming network, a newer streaming network with Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong and Alan Cumming and, and uh, Kristen Chenoweth and all these amazing people that's and it's a musical what seriously were you like yeah i'll take it or were you like is this really happening like should we like well i mean <laughs> you know again i had a self-tape audition for it god bless that i did right here where i am now only In i didn't the have the beautiful green screen i did not have the green screen up i had you know my mother-in-law's basement behind wow. me and wow. literally bernie telsey at the callback was like nice ironing board i was like <laughs> I was like, thanks. You know, um, I'm doing the best I can for God's sake. Yeah, man. Way to to call it out. We're all trying our best. God damn it, Bernie. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That is so funny. Um, Is there like, I I don't know why I wanted it to last so much longer. I just wanted it to keep going. And it was only these like six episodes, I think, right? Is that right? Yeah. Why? Why can't that, that could be a season two. Couldn't it be like, you know, there's plenty of ideas. I mean, I know they have plenty of ideas, but it's up to Apple to renew it. Right. It's not up to any of us. Who do I call at Apple? Is it? I have no idea. I've never met Apple or I've never met one person from that. Well, why would I? I mean, again, it's like, you know, you're in the cast of a, you're like number down on the list of a cast of a thing. They're not going to yeah, I mean, to me. honest to God, when you think of the big stars in this, you couldn't have been that far down on the list. You have like a huge number, a, a really funny, hysterical no, I know. number. There, I'm pretty far down on the list. I don't buy it, and you know what? If that's the case, who, I'll call Joe Show Business, and I'll call yeah, Brian okay, you figure that out that for me. That would be I'd great. I'd love to. Um, I, I read this, and I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. Are you from Hawaii? I am. How long did you live in Hawaii? 18 years. I graduated from high school and I went to college and that was it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But okay. So like when you live, you live in Hawaii for most of your, uh, adolescent, all of your adolescent life. Yes. From birth to adolescence. And then you make it to New York, which is like, when you think of the two energies of the two places, you couldn't find a wider spectrum. Correct. (laughs) That's why I wanted to move. 
Did, were you sick of it? Were you sick of the Hawaii, you know, relaxedness? Is that what it's like? I've only vacationed there like most yucks. And, but you like and it, so, right? You liked it. I do, but I always have the very New York thought, which is I could never live here. Because well, like, I, I'd get bored Okay, so like there's that. the thing. You know how like some people are city mice and some people are country mice? Well, uh-huh. I was a country mouse dying to be a city mouse my whole life. Wow. And did you live up to like the idea? Oh, totally. That's all I wanted because, you know, when I was, I think it was 12, this is how old I am. When I was 12, it was 1976, the big bicentennial. I don't know if you heard Uh of it. Yes. Okay. So for for this, for this historical moment in time, my parents were like, we're going to take a trip to the East Coast and visit all these famous historical, wonderful cities that we have never seen. So we took, so we took like, get this, a bus tour you know, that went like Boston, New York, Washington, D.C. So like you hit all the big sites, yeah. right? So when we were in New York, I was like, please, can we see a Broadway show? Please, You know, that kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, totally. So we went to see Pippin and it was my oh first my Broadway show and <sighs> Michael Rupert was Pippin. Uh, oh and it was so awesome. And I was literally like, this is my world. Like, you know, like now wow. I know. What it is that I wanted, yes. you know, not that I needed, not that I knew that I was going to be an actor at that point, just that I wanted to live in New York and be a part of that yeah. and be able was to it, see stuff like that. I, we just had uh, Raymond J. Lee on the podcast. Yes, yes. And we talked, we talked and I love him. Oh my God, do I love him. But we were talking about uh, like what the thing was that made us go, oh, New York is where I want to go. And I think for a lot of people my age, it was like Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair. You know, like I don't know why I was like they they seem angry and funny. That's me. That's me. I'm angry and funny, and that's right. where I want to. Those are my people. What was the thing you saw, or what did it take going to New York and seeing a Broadway show for you to go? This is it, or was well, there like was an ideal? The, it was sort of the punctuation of like exclamation point of like yes, this is the place because yes. you know how in well again you're really young, but there was a show when I was growing up called Green Acres. I, I know what Green Acres is, too. Okay, great. Good for you. So there's a theme song <laughs> at the beginning of Green Acres. Green where, Acres right, is the place. Yeah, where yeah. they explain that it was like, you know, he wants to be a farmer and she, darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. The chores. The stores. Fresh air. Times Square. Okay, so this... I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck would want fresh air and the chores if you could have the stores and Times Square? Chores is is not a good selling point, by the way. No, you know, it's like they're doing the breaking the hay and she's like, I'm at Saks. And I'm like, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to live in a city and glamour and, you know, that in my mind. Because, you know, I'm from Hawaii, like in a pokey little town. Like, you know, come on. But did you love Hawaii, though? I mean, like, did you love all that came from Hawaii? Of course, of course. I love everything about Hawaii. But if that's not who you are, you can't stay there. Isn't it wild that you can be born in the place that you're not meant to be? I just think that's so crazy because I was born on the in the Bay Area, which is, you know, it's good. There's a metropolitan vibe near San Francisco, but anywhere sure. outside is like really, it's a little too over the top, hippy dippy for my right, right. for your my thing. taste. Right. Yeah, for my thing, my angry funny thing, and it just like New York made so much sense. And I was the first person in my whole entire family to leave California. 
at all. And then both my sisters ended up coming out here. And now it's like this, this dual coast uh, family dynamic, which is super fun. But like your your family, I'm assuming, was like they'd been in Hawaii and they probably stayed there after you moved. And like, you know what oh, I mean? Like still there. New York is not even close. And New York is so far away. It's insane. Well, like, that's not true. I mean, I would say that like, you know, there's me on the East Coast. There's a few cousins in California. And then everybody yeah. else is still back in Hawaii. Right. Whatever. Right, right. It's fine. Nobody's mad at me. It's just, it's just, I didn't, that's not, I knew that's just not where I belonged. It has nothing yeah. to do with like rejecting Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I love visiting Hawaii. There's things about Hawaii that are so amazing. Of course, who wouldn't want well, to go to Hawaii? You do belong in New York. I mean, I the, your, your, your whole trajectory and your whole career just says it in itself. And like what meeting you and your personality and the whole thing, it all vibes out here. It really does. I, I, I love Anne in New York. That's a good Anne. That's how, yeah, me too. That, that's I mean, really of course I haven't been there recently. I've been in this basement or <laughs> like, you know, I love, earlier you said it's your mother-in-law's basement, but I love the idea if we cut that part out and you just go, I've been in this basement and maybe you've been kidnapped. <laughs> Who knows? Right, exactly. Anne, Anne is a kidnapped victim. This green screen is just somebody else's house. Right. Somebody else's <laughs> house. No idea where she is. Um, I just want to say one more time before we get to this next segment, which is called Stupid Questions with Drew, before I say thank you and goodbye, uh, I just want to say one more time the experience of having you come and like, you came to my apartment on the Upper West Side and like rehearsed with like a scrappy little cast that we put together. And I strongly think that it was your name in the press release that helped us sell out both <laughs> concerts <laughs> and it was also that concert i don't know if you knew this universal like let us do this concert as basically a proof of concept for the show and they took a private jet from la to new york that day just to see that performance so alex brightman and i were like our anuses were tightened as tight as possible and we were sweating the whole time just looking at their table and at one moment one of the head nbc guys fell asleep and we're like oh this is it this is the last time we'll ever get to do this material <laughs> thank god though the rest of the table stayed awake for what was to be this quite successful concert and it's going into the next phases of development and because of the videos of that concert the fandom is insane people are getting the lyrics tattooed on their arm there's all these websites dedicated to it with fan art of Anne harada as dr minerva it is so wild to me that that exists seriously the internet is a dark and scary place but there is oh, i don't want to know i don't want to see it but i'm <laughs> i'm thrilled for you and, and you know of course that's what we all want why wouldn't why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you? Bless your heart for saying so. But that that kind of support was so tremendous for Alex and I. And just so big thanks to you for that. Uh, many years ago, it was about six years or five years ago at this point, I feel Who like. Who even knows? Jesus Christ. I don't know. This last year this counted as like eight. She's <laughs> <laughs> been trapped in a basement. <laughs> People are sliding toast and water under a door for her every once in a while. <laughs> Um, all right. This is called Stupid Questions with Drew, and these are just mindless questions, and you can answer and you can explain however you see fit. Uh, question number one, stupid question with Anna Harada. Here we go. What is something you are never, ever in the mood to eat? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to say avocado because I hate it. Wow. Really? Yeah. It, I don't okay. agree. It doesn't agree with me. 
one. That's like, okay, going to California and saying I hate avocado is like I going know. to the South and saying Jesus didn't exist. <laughs> That's, I, I think it's the equivalent. Well, okay, I was just in Atlanta. So yes. I'm telling you, you cannot get a glass of unsweetened iced tea. Okay. It's not possible. <laughs> I was like, do you have some iced tea? Yes. Is it sweetened? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, well. Hmm. <laughs> My friend from Georgia says when someone gets diabetes in the South, they don't call it diabetes. They call it the sugars, which yes. is like the cu- the cutest name for a horrible disease. And I have diabetes. I was just diagnosed with diabetes during the pandemic. That was fun. Are you, are you for real? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally serious. Oh, my God. Type one or two? Two. Type two. My dad's type one diabetic. So that's why when I was in the South, I was like, do you have unsweetened fill in the blank? And they were like, oh, no. They go, no, we'll just give you this big shot of sugary Sugar. drink with a, shot, with a shot of insulin next to it. Well, that's Enjoy. Why also in the movie we were shooting, we had a million eating scenes. Yeah. And they were like, would you like iced tea? I was like, yes, but... It has to not have sugar in it. Oh, my and it com- God. It was completely paralyzing. Like, they were like, oh, I don't think we have any that doesn't have sugar. Okay, well, I'll, let me go talk to props. Um, I've never heard someone say, I was just diagnosed with diabetes, and then so shortly after saying that, start laughing. Like, No, I mean, it's, hor- it's horrible, but I mean, like, I, you know, I've now been, like, a million places having to work and trying to, like, yeah. navigate all these different weird situations with it. Yeah. Um, but, and like during COVID too, how scary. Oh, well that, <laughs> oh, that little thing, <laughs> oh, that, oh, that little problem. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, no, it sucks and it's hard, but you just, it's like, obviously something is bad and you have to solve, help solve it. You know, you can't just yeah. go out there and like, fuck it. I'm going to eat every potato in the world. Right. You know, it's like that's not helpful. Well, that is how most things do get solved. Eat all the potatoes and then it'll just look. I was in Ireland shooting a movie. You think I was literally like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to eat anything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. All they eat there is potatoes. Potatoes. I mean, like for every, you know, meal, you'd be like, oh, I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have that. And like, like, what am I going to do? Wow, to be the to be you know in big quotes to be the picky eater in Ireland is right. really funny because all yeah. they eat is potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow! Oh my God, we just learned something mega about Anne Harada here we today. Did. Diabetes did. type two. I'm so sorry to hear about that diagnosis, but God, you keep a smile on your face and you keep that energy up. My well, goodness. The, you know what are my choices? <laughs> good, very good point. Um, and next stupid question for you. What is something you are completely horrible at? There's so many to pick from. Golf? Okay. Oh, yeah. But that's that's a great thing to be horrible at. Yeah, and it, you know horrible. what? Even better, it's a better sport to play when you are horrible at it, I think. I can't even imagine how horrible it would be to try to play a round of golf as bad as I am, though. Like, I, here's just, what I want to pitch to Broadway.com or one of these theater take, sites. It would take years. I mean, just me just sort of putting the ball along. I mean, it would take forever. There's no way. It's not going to happen. You and me, you and me and a whole bunch of unsweetened iced tea, we yeah. get in a golf cart. <laughs> And we just, I don't know how to play. You don't know how to, I, like, I'm, I'm positive I'm miserable you know, I'm at this sport. You're amazing at mini golf. Oh, I'm horrible at that too. I just oh, like I'm whack it around that. like I'm playing hockey. Oh, I like mini golf. 
Okay. Maybe I also you and like, I, just I like, do I like small golf. things. I like table tennis uh-huh. and mini golf. I can yes. do those things. I'm happy to do those things. Like you dread soccer, but you love foosball, right? Yes. Is that like I, well, the same I don't idea? love, I don't love foosball. I hate soccer. Okay. Oh my God. But you I hate soccer. soccer. Oh I my hate God. Soccer. Could it be worth like, it? Under... It's me. So it's like, let's run a lot in the heat. <laughs> Back and forth. I'm like, it just sounds awful. Like there's no. This is where my my stupid, dumb ego comes into play. <clears throat> I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. And then I'll take a look at one of those guys' bodies. I'll be like, but I'd look like that naked. Sign me up. I'm Sign me up for soccer. I'm, well, I'm playing. Me, I if, want- <laughs> if I was going to go for like an ideal body type, I would try to be a swimmer. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. But I'm also not a very good swimmer. But I mean, you know, I can at least, I won't die if you throw me in a pool. But I'm just saying, like, no, soccer, gas freeze, I might die. We sink to the bottom. We're very, <laughs> we are dense. We dense, just go right yeah. to the bottom. We're yeah, very dense. Yeah. Um, all right, next couple stupid questions with you, Anne, if you don't mind. Uh, who would win in a battle of wits, Alan Cumming or Keegan-Michael Key, based on <gasps> the experience you just had with both gents? And they're both... So charming and so fast and so talented. Who do you think would win in a battle of wits? This is rough. This is a rough one. I'm sorry about that. I'm very sorry. I'm going to say Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. Well, he's got such I, an improv background. Oh, he's too. a genius. Um, but I would also correlate that by saying if it was like a battle of trivia, uh-huh. I think, I think. <laughs> Alan would win. Do you know what I'm saying? Is he, is he a know-it-all? No, he's not a know-it-all. But he's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's yeah. met everybody. Like, literally, yeah. you can't out try to, you know, you can't out drop name Alan Cummings. I'm sure of that. There's no oh way. My God. Like, there is no I'm way. I'm sure of that. He'd literally yeah. be like, I had sex with him in a bathroom. You know, like, there'd be no, <laughs> no way. Oh my god! There's something about his accent too that the minute I hear it, I would assume he's been everywhere and knows most things and yeah, has slept with many people in bathrooms. Exactly, that's like, how I yeah. feel. There's, you know, like he's he's literally like one of those Noel Coward guys. You can yes. just imagine him like in like anything Noel Coward wrote down in a play. Be like, oh, Alan Cumming, that's him in life. Yeah, yeah, that's his biography, right? Right, that's his biography. <laughs> I mean, so I just oh, go like, wow. yeah, of course, you know. I like both those answers very much. It gives us some intel onto both of those gentlemen who I uh, idolize. I think they're, they're so, fantastic. So oh my god! How cool that so you got good. to work with them. Which leads to this next silly question: Who is someone you've always wanted to work with, but you've yet to, or you cannot because they're no longer with us? Oh well, that's that's a horrible question. There's so many people I. You know, <laughs> it's a horrible Gersh- question. Well, no, because George Gershwin, I would have liked to have worked with. Right. Well, he'd be good. That's a good answer. It's a great but, answer. You know, come on. And then somebody that super dead, like somebody who I want to work with that I haven't worked with. Yeah. There's a million people and they're all British. Emma Thompson is my number one. Wow. Oh my God. That's actually, I hope that happens. Me I really, too. I think, and energy wise, you both put out that same energy. I, whatever you got, she's got it too. And I think the two also, of you would be great. Also, almost anybody who ever played Doctor Who, I would. Okay. Are you a big I'm, Doctor Who nerd? I'm a big Doctor Who nerd, but I'm just a fan of British actors in general. Same <laughs> here. Alan Cumming was on Doctor Who. 
God damn it. I mean, you know that's just saying? one that's one degree of separation. Look how close you are. I know, I know. I'm super close. I mean, I'm super close. I've worked with a lot of people who've worked with them. Yes. But still, yes. that's not the same. And you're like, oh my God, what if I could just get in a show with Peter Capaldi or David Tennant? How great would that wow. be? Wow, yes. These are it's some not, wonderful You know, it's people. not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. You don't know that. You really know. don't know that. I know, I know. I mean, it's look true. At, it's if you just look at your career, it's like, how could you have ever thought any of these things would just like line up the way they it's did? It's so, so true. Who knows? Because Maybe, literally, yeah. what's today? Two nights ago, I was waiting for a shot with Annette Benning, Brian Cranston, and Michael McKean. Come on. Come on. And I'm like, I'm hanging out with them, watching right. a baseball game on Annette Benning's phone. Like, I would start like, singing the song, One of These Things Doesn't Belong. Is, right, you know, exactly. One of These yeah. Things Doesn't Belong here. <laughs> but I will tell you that I never felt that I just, like, that I've had made it more than the day that Lynn Aarons let me help her solve the New York Times crossword puzzle with her. Oh my God, that's huge. I know. Wow. See, I you know, have, right? This is, this I've had some very, really special experiences. Very special. So who's to say the Emma Thompson thing won't happen? I know. You and never know. Thanks. Again, I mean, I'll call show, I'm going to call Joe show business and we're going to try to make this all happen. You know you, what, okay? Drew? What if uh-huh. you cast Emma uh-huh. Thompson in the Karate Kid? Okay, I got just the role for her. As the karate kid. <laughs> yes. She'll play Daniel LaRusso. She'll play she is, Yes. This yeah. is perfect. I'm just saying, um, like, I think it's important to like, you know, mix things up nowadays. I agree. I agree. If you want to, if she wants to be Daniel's son and you want to come and be Mr. Miyagi, that would be like a pairing for the century. I don't see why not. Okay. I mean, now, now we're I mean, talking. I do see, now we're I do, talking. I do actually kind of see why not. <laughs> no, I just, the minute we started saying this, I watched my career just fly out right, the window. I, know, well, I was like, oh no, this is not a good fit. This is a, this is a, but like, you know, I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, think about it. If I'll think about it. If there's some project at some point in time that you think Emma Thompson and I could both fit in the world. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm going to start writing it the minute we go off this call. <laughs> um, I have one last question for you, Anne, if you don't mind. And it's, yes. a, it's a doozy of a question because I think it could go in many different directions. But in, in your amazing career, I'm sure you've picked up a list of this. But what do you think is the worst part of show business? Because oh you've just listed a whole bunch of great things. Like you might end up watching a baseball game on Annette Benning's phone with Brian Cranston and Michael McKean. But also there is a lot of trying efforts that don't get acknowledged. There's a lot of heartbreak. What to you is the worst part about show business? The worst part about show business is the theory that when you get involved with the project, like a workshop or something, yeah. that we're all a big family putting a show together. And then you get cut or fired before the next uh-huh. step. Yeah. I don't tough. care if I don't get a part. I don't get a shit ton of parts. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's normal sure. for me. But getting a part and then not getting a part is really, really disappointing. It's yeah. very hard. And I this has happened to me several times, partially <clears> because <throat> I'm not that good. Oh, no, please. But, oh, my God. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, obviously, somebody was like, we didn't like her, so boop, boop. And it's just very, it's like, oh, I thought I was going to be a part of this thing and I was going to, you know, change my life for it. 
you know, like yeah, yeah, fill in the blank, go out of town, be on tour, whatever. But it was such a big deal in my head, and then to be told like, "Mm, no, forget it, we're not offering it to her. There's that heartbreak. Yeah, you just and you just go like, oh, and that hurts way more than any other kind of rejection. Uh, you know, I love that you said that because I know that there's going to be a lot of young uh, artists and actors who are going to be listening to this podcast. This is why we got a season two, baby. But this is <laughs> this is important for them to hear because they're all going to be fans of yours, no doubt. And they they're the career that you've had, they can see it all on paper. Just Google Anarata. You can see all the amazing things you've done. And that little part of the equation still exists for you the heartbreak and it's just kind of an occupational hazard so if you're getting into this business and you're trying to be as amazing as Anne Harada just know that it will come with some rejection and it will come with some heartbreak but the perseverance can lead you to watching a baseball game with Brian Cranston and Annette Benning and Michael McKeon and I think that that is super badass and thank god you've been so uh non-stop And you've persevered through all those heartbreak moments and you've just had the life you've had because it has brought so much joy to so many people, me included. And thank you for being a part of this podcast. And like, it's so good to see you. It's so good to chat for a minute. And I do look forward to the day that we can see each other in person. Hopefully that's sooner than later. Uh, (laughs) You know, even though I can't cast you in the show, I'd love to offer you a ticket to the opening of Karate Kid. When we get serious, I'm dead serious. I'll be there. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I can't, I can't wait. You'll, you'll definitely be, have a ticket on me. Um, so, and this has been a treat. Thanks so much for coming on for this podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for listening. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking. I want to specially thank, specially, I want to especially thank our guest, Anne Harada. I think she's a joy and what a great time it was chatting with her. Guys, you can find more about this podcast out on Instagram. Follow us at NWT Podcast or on Twitter at NWT underscore pod and make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on apple podcast or wherever you stream your podcast and if you feel like supporting be sure to check out our patreon at patreon.com slash nwt podcasts see how you can support us keep tuning in for more amazing guests catch us next week Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.